Welcome, everyone, to the Moral of the Story podcast. Woo! Oh, oh. With me, your host, Jared Moral. And uh, today I am actually joined by uh, two of my good friends. I got Mr. Kyle Ruff. Hello. And I got Mr. Reed Belmonte. What's up? And uh, we're going to do kind of a different episode today. It's going to be me telling a story and you two just kind of Struggling to pay attention, correct. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> <coughs> and Reed's high, all right. Yeah. Rip it harder. Actually, that we should. it's more like Kyle's not high. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, you're the odd man out here. There yeah. is CBD in my hot water that I'm drinking. Wow, Whoa. that's not THC. High roller. I'm one of those Coloratans now, huh? Jesus Christ. Coloratans. <laughs> Got your hula hoop and your bluegrass and your CBD tea. I love Billy Strings. <laughs> Didn't you know that? <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. Continue. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so we've. We've known each other for quite some time. Uh, I believe we're going on about, well, me knowing you two at least. What, seven years? I think it's seven years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We're going on, which is. Yeah, dude. Seven years of agony. Pretty dang old old (laughs) long. Yeah. All met up in uh, St. Mary, which I've talked about plenty of times before, I think. Yeah. Um, It's a magical place. Yeah. It really is. You two have known each other for. Longer uh, than that. Yeah. Since we were 18. Yeah, so like 13 years, something like that, I've yeah. known Kyle. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, you guys went to, uh, what the fuck, what was the name of your college? Northern, Northern Michigan, Michigan University, where yeah. the N stands for knowledge. Yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Great day to be a wildcat, Jared. No, the, the joke at our university <laughs> was uh, to be admitted there. You you know how certain uh, universities have a, li- uh, a low lowest possible GPA to be accepted? Yeah. yeah. Most universities are like three point something, where Marquette is such a remote town or remote university, it's so hard to get to and to get kids to want to go there in general. So, like, the admission GPA was like 2.6. Yeah. <laughs> no, so fucking joke. It was like, you're please come. I could have gone there. 100% yes. you yeah. could have gone there. Oh, you would have loved it, too. I probably would if I ever went to college. It was about 80% fucking stupid like uh, Adderall selling rich kids from the burbs of Chicago. That was like the majority of the And the rest of them were nice hippies from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some Sconsonite fatties and that was about it. Sconsonite yep. fatties. But uh, yeah, <laughs> K- like Kyle, and I, Kyle and I go pretty pretty far back but I mean mm-hmm. I consider I consider you one of my very best friends. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, you guys are definitely two of my best friends. Like yeah, brother. Legitimately. You guys met me when I was just a, just a boy. It's just a boy. I feel about you the same way an uncle feels about a confused niece. Like he's going to molest him. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly <laughs> where my, I was like, where are you going with I just want to take you behind the shed and make a secret for us yeah. to keep. With all seriousness, yeah. I, 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 I hate. I know he hates to hear this, but if I ever had a little brother in my life, I would love to consider Jared it because I grew up as the little brother my whole life. That's kind of we're in the same boat. We both have one older brother. And yeah. Then Jared I, oh shit, that's right. All brother. of us are the same. We all yeah, have, an, have one older brother. I only have yeah. one older brother. Yeah. 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 So when I met you, I was just like, oh, this is what it's like. Like yeah. I would have been a much different person if I grew up with a younger brother, but I didn't until I met you. You know, in tw- 2014, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God, what a cool partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we started holding him down and giving him noogies and farting in his face. And, and tickling me until I punch people in the chest. <laughs> kick them out of my way, literally. True story. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to go true. fucking murder you and Hurley that night. Yep. That was... <sighs> but, yeah, that's why we're best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now we all live in Steamboat and do comedy together. Because that's... You know, that's what friends do. That's God damn friends right, dude. That's why I fucking that's moved back here. Yeah, literally. Yeah, brother. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Uh, 
we've known each other for quite some time now, and mm-hmm. you guys know just as well as all my other very good friends that I had a lot of anxiety as a kid and went through a lot, which, and that's what I'm going to tell you guys today. I, I think I've told you about what happened before, but not in like an in-depth um, I think I know where you're going with the story. Yeah, yeah, like not not necessarily an in-depth uh, lean into it, though. We're basically just going to be two therapists for Jared for the next 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, kind of. So basically what happened was when I was a sophomore in high school, we had to dissect a fetal pig, which I was not down with. Gross. Like, yeah, it's fucking gnarly. I don't like guts and shit. That's just doesn't work for me and somehow i got out of anatomy i never had to dissect anything well it was just biology Biology? like just and you had to do this to pass the class if you refused you could Mm -hmm. not pass the class. same here which i thought was kind of bullshit i was like we have computers why can't we do like an online dissection like that's a thing or like i just i don't want to physically be there doing it like it's just not and i i told my teachers like i don't want to do this and she basically was just like fuck you if you want to pass this class like, okay, so I came in that day, and I'd never had any kind of panic attack, nothing. Like, I'd never had any problems in my life before. And literally, I walked into the room. I smelt formaldehyde for the first time. Never forget it. Never forget it. That That is, I know that smell now. Like, it's always there. It smells like 9-11. Never forget it. <laughs> always remember. Always remember. A lot of dead bodies <laughs> in formaldehyde, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I smelled from out of HUD and had a panic attack, like, so bad that I couldn't feel my tongue. I couldn't feel the tips of my fingers. And it was the first time you'd ever had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. You were, what, 13, you said? It was, uh, no, it was 15. 15. Did you yeah. feel like you were dying? I, I legitimately, like, I thought I was dying. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was freaking out. And I went to the nurse's office. They were like, we don't know what the hell just happened to you. Go home. Like, you clearly you're not okay. Just go home, rest, see what happens. And I came in the next day to school and... I had the same exact panic attack, except worse, and there was no reason for it. I didn't smell from out. Just like as soon as you walked in, kind of I, thing. Well, so I was on the bus, and I felt like weird the whole time, and I was just like really, everything was. I was paranoid for no reason, and like I smoked weed a little bit at that time, like you know I was a teenager, but like I didn't, I wasn't paranoid from like smoking or anything. It was like a different kind of paranoia, mm. and I was freaking out. And then I got to my homeroom, and I remember I like looked at the clock, and it looked like all I could see was the minute hand spinning like com- so fast oh, like i was like hallucinating almost jesus and then same thing couldn't feel my tongue couldn't feel uh my hands or my feet couldn't see anything i was like breaking out in a crazy sweat jesus and uh my buddy was like you need to lay down they had to take me on a wheelchair because i couldn't feel my feet like i literally i was i had such a bad panic attack that my feet didn't work and i, I thought i was dying and it was the weirdest thing ever like, I've never, I don't know if you guys have experienced a panic attack like that. Oh, well, I've had a panic attack in my life, and I know the first time it happens, you feel like you're dying and you're completely out of control. Yeah. I know that Kyle uh, has had, had one. You've had sleep paralysis, haven't you? I, I get sleep. I have all kinds of problems just sleeping. I like basically, I get like an hour of sleep every night. Like, last time I slept for like an hour and a half. Yeah, hour. that's fucked. Um, it sucks. It's probably why I'm retarded. But uh, <laughs> I had one, I had one panic attack. It was actually in St. Mary. I think I was 29. Um, and I don't know if I, the doc and, uh, Oh, so I wasn't there. there. No, you went there. It was 18. It was in my, you know what it, yeah, I guess so. It was my last season there. Yeah. And I had showed up. I was, I was in the middle of like, uh, breaking up with my girlfriend who then showed up kind of unexpectedly and that threw me for, plus like 
just working in St. Mary is like it's a beautiful place, but the it's company is a fucking disaster. It'll make oh, your hair yeah. gray. Yep. Dude, oh, and yeah. like I was losing it and I was so stressed. I obviously wasn't sleeping as like normal. Yeah. And yeah, I was drinking. really stressed from work and I was really stressed from uh fucking relationship problems. And then uh we I was playing Call of Duty, I was playing zombies. Yeah. With those guys. And it was like this new map and it was like really complicated. And I was sitting there and I was like trying to figure I was already like like my stress was like so high, but I was like trying to like relax and play this game. But the game was super complicated mm-hmm. and it was like really hard to see what was going on. And I just had this moment where I was just like, I can't <laughs> and I started like hyperventilating and I was like, I can't, I can't do I, you guys I need to pause the game. And I like pause the game and I'd go and stand outside for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, it's a shit feeling Dude it was terrible I mean I didn't go numb Or anything no, crazy I, like that But it was definitely There was a moment Where I was like I can't do I, like, I'm gonna yeah. throw up yeah. I don't do anything Well so like the, When I describe My panic attack to people I've only had a few people Be like Yeah I know exactly What you're talking about Like that's how severe My panic attacks used it to can be, be. That It's so crazy It just kind of came Out of nowhere That liter- strong Out of nowhere know? And like There's a history Of anxiety in my family mm. For sure But no one no one had it that bad because after I had that panic attack in homeroom, I I didn't go to school. I left school that day and I didn't go back for four months. And those were like, or two and a half of those four months were the weirdest, hardest, shittiest times of my life. Was this approaching summer or was this the middle of a semester you just this dropped was the out of school? middle of semester. Wow. So dude. it was like around this time, actually, like October, maybe early November. I just didn't right go before up. winter break kind yep. of thing. Yeah. Well, no, it, it was yeah. Like our winter break was like, no, no, we had Thanksgiving break, so it was, uh, yeah. it was near Thanksgiving break because I remember I had to go to my aunt's house, and it was fucking horrible. And it, it, the 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 thing was like those those two and a half months after I I didn't go back to school, I went to all sorts of doctors, and went to therapists and all this shit. And like when I went to the doctors at first, they were like, "Oh, you have mono." <laughs> Literally, that's. <laughs> I had two different doctors say what? to me, you just have mono. Yeah, fucking mono, kid. Get out of my office. Because well, they were like, oh, you're lethargic all the time, right? And I was like, yeah. They're like, yeah, mono. And that was it. That's And I was like, and my dad, like at the time, he didn't know what to do. He didn't, he, like he didn't, he never experienced anyone who'd done that or have been through that. Yeah. So he didn't know what to do. And he was like, you have mono. Like they told you what you have. It's a doctor. You're You're good. And I was like, no. I don't, I don't, this is not, I know people have had mono. This is not mono. I was like, I would have those panic attacks. Did your throat hurt? No. You don't have fucking mono? Right. (laughs) Like, I would have those gnarly ass panic attacks six, seven times a day. Sometimes more, depending on if it was a bad day. Just like all fucking day. Literally, I'd just be constantly having panic attacks and I'd have to like listen to music or watch something. It didn't even matter what was on my TV. I just needed something else to like occupy my brain and... Yeah, I, I've never, never, I'd never experienced that. It was the craziest fucking thing in the world. I thought I was done. I, I was like, just fucking kill me. Like, that's how bad it was. And that's how, like, with anxiety, usually depression falls right sure, behind it. Sure, yeah. So I was anxious and depressed, and I was just like, I want to fucking die. Like, I, this is so bad. I don't know. Like, how do people live with anxiety? This is debilitating. Well, that's exactly what you're saying. Uh, it never goes away. 
So you yeah. have to live with it. You yeah. have to manage it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, you have to right. face the fact that it's never going to go away. But what you can do as a person is not realize that that's your life. That's just a part of who you are, and you just have to deal with it every day. Yeah, sure. I know so many people that that's the first step to accepting treatment for a mental illness is admitting that th- this isn't just going to snap your fingers and it's not going to go away. This yeah. is who you are. It's but here. it doesn't mean you can't live a life. Right, right, exactly. You can't you can't be like have the mindset of like, oh well, I guess I'm just fucked forever now. You got to be able to yeah to be like, well, like I know this is a thing. It's like having a small dick. You're like, I know <laughs> that it's not gonna change. It's not gonna get bigger. I just gotta. Deal I just gotta it. fucking figure out how to make this work. Just gotta you get know? on get a website some, like, full of women that are into that. Yeah, and find <laughs> some toys, things that vibrate. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I'm. I mean, it, it. So it did get to that at one point where I finally realized. You know, this is going to be here and it's not going away anytime soon. But yeah. I mean, in the meantime, I I didn't eat like I'd eat. Um, you no, know you have like the six pack of Ritz crackers, peanut butter. Yeah. Yes. I, I'd eat like four of those crackers a day Fuck. and just chug water gator. I had to live off of Pedialyte. Like I got vitamins and shit and like lived because my dad would buy like gallons of fucking Pedialyte. And waterboard that's, you with Pedialyte. It's all I drank. I wouldn't. I didn't shit. I remember one time I didn't shit for a week because there was no, there was nothing in me. I didn't. I there was nothing to shit out. So, like, so going back, uh, you said this started in a biology class when you were approached a situation where you had to dissect a fetal pig. Mm-hmm. First off, side note, I did had to do the exact same thing. I don't know why it's a requirement personally. Well, it's not anymore. But I didn't. Yeah, back <laughs> then it was, and uh, I didn't care personally because I've cut up deer and whatnot. I think mm-hmm. that shit's cool, but. Um, was it the fact that you just the smell and that that it alone was so nasty and it gave you anxiety, or was it the fact that you were being forced to do something you didn't want to do? Both. You were like, like I assume you were like knew it was coming and you were dreading it up until yes. that moment, and then and I, finally and you're like, "Fuck, I have to do this." And well, and I was much. fighting with my teacher and I was fighting with the principals. I was like, "Why are you making me do this? I don't get that. This doesn't make sense." And that's what part of it was. Is I didn't understand why I was being forced into this. I was like, I, I don't get. I can see that being true. Why is this gonna help me? You guys know. First of all, I'm a shitty student. You know that. <laughs> I knew freshman year I wasn't going to college. Like I, I knew where college I was going. College is for suckers, anyways. Yeah, I, I agree. But like, I knew where the, my future was headed, and it didn't have anything to do with a fucking pig, <laughs> and me knowing. That's weird because take... you fuck pigs all the time. All the time. No, I, I I agree with you that like if I was in the shoes of the teacher or the principal, would be like, is this all worth it for you to be this upset? It's yeah. like no, like you could do a different assignment. There's always got to be something. It's not giving everybody a participation medal right. to speak, but for you specifically, I would just go, yeah, like you don't have to do this, like whatever. Well, yeah, like, so who gives a shit. The fucked up thing was it was required, and I had to retake biology. I fucking hate public school. So, oh, thank you. You beat me to it. Well, so what it came down to was. I had to retake biology my junior year. I couldn't retake it in my next semester because all the classes were set. I needed certain credits, so it was like, "You have to do, you have to do this next year." And the next year, now they had an option. Now you didn't have to. You could do an online dissection. They call it the moral clause. Well, <laughs> they should have. No, that's and that's like. That pissed me off later, and that like gave me a whole other little weird thing of anxiety because I had to have the same teacher for, for biology, which I thought was pretty shitty. It's like, there's other biology teachers. Just give me another one. But I like had to do it with her, so whatever. But, yeah, now they had Bitch. an option. What's her name? Miss McLaughlin. Miss, oh, Miss ah! McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. So uh, the dude from Whitest Kids You Know, uh, the one that looks all fucked up, he kind of looks like uh, Igor. Yeah. He's He went to my high school. 
And I'm pretty confident that Miss McLaughlin and all those whitest kids you know is based off is her. based off her yeah. head. It's almost got to be that. Like it makes sense. But uh, anyways, back- fuck Miss McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, dude, I fucking hated her. Um, yeah. So essentially, uh, once I got through that two and a half months of just straight fucking pain, I I like really reconnected with my mom, which like my parents got divorced when I was really young, and not like there was a bad relationship by any means, but it was just like this was a moment where I was finally at that stage in my life where like mom can help me out tenfold. Sure. My mom had anxiety too and like went through a bunch of this shit when I was a kid. So she Did was Did you lo- know that your mom had anxiety before it was a problem for you? No. So that's I started talking to her and I was like, I don't know what's happened. She started like some of the things I would describe would connect and she's like she's like, Do you like, you know, feel anxious all the time? Do you like does this happen? Does that happen? I'm like, yeah. She goes, You have anxiety. Like you need to go to talk to a therapist. That's what you need to do. You don't have fucking mono. Right, yeah, yeah, you don't have fucking mono. It's unreal. Yeah, so I ended up talking to my mom a shit ton, and that's what got me to be like, okay, I need to go talk to a therapist. I need to get put on medication. I need to figure out what the fuck is going on in my life. And uh, we went to one therapist, and it was this woman who, it. I don't know if she was like a new, like it was new, or she was new to the job or something. Like, I just graduated um, college or whatever. Yeah. But everything was so robotic. It was just, like, question after question. Like, you, I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to answer, and that's it. There was no conversation. Sure. Like, if he says yes or no to this, I'll flow to this it, one. Exactly. And, yeah. It's exactly. diagnosing it like, it like a doctor. Yeah. And I was like, and I just felt, I was like, this isn't how you do this. And I, not like I knew, but like, it, just it just felt feel, weird. Didn't, didn't feel, feel like right. a conversation. It doesn't feel personal. Yeah. And then I told, I told my dad, I was like, I don't want to go back to that woman i was like like she makes me nervous and i I can't do that and he's like well i mean what do you want me to do and i was like can we find someone else and it turns out that uh one of his coworkers' sons went to this guy and this sounds uh, like a very goodwill hunting situation you know what i mean we went around to multiple therapists yeah yeah Yeah. until you found robin williams i found (laughs) found my robin williams yeah Yeah. what was his name he was in the form of dr harrington okay Ooh, harrington and dr harrington he must have been like fucking 75 just old dude Cool. Hanging out like he, I'd walk in and he'd spin around his chair, and go, "Ah, oh, Jared, good to see you." Like you know, just happy guy. Yeah. And like the first couple sessions with him, I had my dad come in because I knew my dad needed to understand what was going on, and he had no fucking clue. Like he told me, he's just like, "I don't know how to help you." I was like, "Cool. Well, you're gonna come into this room too because this guy knows what's going on." And like I f- give this guy full credit to making me a human being again. Awesome. Because, I, like I said, I, I was still in that mindset of, like, why the fuck am I here if I'm going to live through this? Right. Like, when I stepped into his office, I was like, I should just be dead. And he was this like, it's, it's not your fault. Well, yeah, kind of. It's not your fault. <laughs> a little, just a little bit. And then he kept saying it. And then we <laughs> cried. Right. And it was weird. But, I mean, my dad, I think, was most scared because I was hugging this older man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my my. Or Dr. Harrington actually explained it really well to my dad of what was going on and like the chemistry behind it. My dad's a very like informational person. Sure. If he just can, wants the facts. Well, like if you can give me the facts, then I can understand it way easier. Sure. So it was just like chemical imbalance, you know, doesn't get enough serotonin. This is why this happens, blah, blah, blah. And then my dad finally understood and he's like, dude, I'm so fucking sorry. He's like, I didn't know how to help you. 
And I was like, it's so, like, I get it. I understand, man. I mean, I the, just the fact that he's there trying to support is like. Right. Oh, the, that's well, about, I mean, that's so important, especially for people who don't have that at yeah. home. You know what I mean? Because well, a ma- majority of people in this nation in general deal with a family member that suffers from a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And the first approach is not to say, I don't know what to do. It's to say, I'm here. Right. Yeah. No matter what, because most people don't know what to do, because unlike cancer or leukemia, this is invisible. Right. And it's it, under no, the it surface. So also, it's just saying yeah. you're fine. If you're a Scientologist, it's like you're fine. Take a fucking lap. There's <laughs> in your head. Right. God yeah. damn it. Right. When in reality, you're also praising the fact that you're not somebody who said, well, I tried therapy and it didn't work, so I'm just fucked. Yeah. You said, no, I'm going to go to multiple people until I get it right and right. find somebody who fucking cares and knows me. Yeah. And also just like. Again, like having a having parents like the reason why you're not like an idiot or like in jail mm-hmm. or things like that, even though you were kind of like a bad student or a delinquent, as you right. would say, yeah, is because you had parents that cared about you. Oh, for sure. That goes such a long fucking way. And so yeah. just the fact that your dad was willing yeah. to be like, I'm going to do whatever I can, even though I don't understand it. And I'm mm-hmm. going to take you there and I'll sit in like, yeah, a lot of people don't have that. No, they really don't. So shout out to Papa Don. Yeah, for, uh, being a good pop. And my mom and Michelle, like seriously, my parents definitely helped me a shit ton. My mom gave me all the right. She gave me all the the right information because you know I lived with my dad. My mom lived in the city, so like she wasn't there all the time, and or like f- because she physically couldn't be. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she gave me all the right tools, and then my dad helped me use the tools. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And then Doctor Harrington fucking built the script and was like, here you go. And Jesse sat on your head. Well, <laughs> I was in your eyes. Well, that's what I was going to get to is with Jesse, like he was, well, he must've been, I was 15. So he's 20, mm-hmm. he's a 20 year old kid. And like, you know, all of his, all of his friends, he'd go hang out with all his friends all the time. That's what I did when I was 22. I, I wouldn't have thought like, I would have had the same thought process. If I never had anxiety, like, Oh, whatever. Sure. Like he, he's just sick. Like right. That's what I would have thought too. Mm-hmm. I, saw so, so I was like, "Yeah, my brother's being a little bitch." Well, the whole right, but that's what you think when you're younger, right? And you're an older brother, and whatever. Well, and so my my brother, I remember one day, like, this is one of the f- fucking worst days I had. I remember my brother was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go see the new Harry Potter," and I was like, "When are you gonna be back?" And I was alone in the house, and that freaked me to fuck. I couldn't even take a shower. Like, water freaked me out. You know what I mean? Like, I c- the thought of being home alone was. I thought I was like, oh, just fuck, I'll kill me. Every po- me every head. possible scenario just ran through your head. Oh, when the worst. Left the house. I was afraid of taking a shower because if I opened my mouth and too much water got in, I could suffocate because I could drown myself. Or wow. if if um if I was home alone and I needed to go get a drink downstairs, I could fall down the stairs and break my neck. Like I thought of every worst possible scenario for everything. You're home alone, and uh, Joe Pesci and another tall guy with curly hair come in, and they try to kidnap you. Yeah, and your early defense is early defense is paint cans and micro machines. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and using <laughs> a talk boy and recording Dude, uh, that, conversations from movies. Like legitimately, though, yeah, <laughs> that that was it was that. Except I wasn't smart. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to put those. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, just... Fu- you're watching the movie like he's good. I'm stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, can't make booby traps. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I was just fucked. But yeah, when. When Jesse, I was like, when are you going to be back? He's like, well, I'm going to Providence, Rhode Island, because they have a cool, like, you know, it was a movie theater with, like, really nice chairs, and you got drink service and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so what does that mean? He's like, I don't know, four hours? And I, I immediately had a panic attack. Like, he said four hours, and it hit. 
like there was no buildup. I just was having a panic attack now, and I was, and he just left. And I I don't like hold that against my brother by any means, um, because he ended up going through something similar. So like I, it was just that moment was such a a big moment for like what the fuck is going on? Like why can't I just be normal? Yeah. And. Yeah, so it got to a point where finally I was on medication, and uh, anyone who's taken anxiety ma- medication knows that it does not work overnight. You have to let your system uh, build up all the chemicals and stuff, and it takes time mm-hmm. for the receptors to... So it takes about a month, give or take, depending on the person. It took me about three weeks before like I started being a little more normal, mm-hmm. but what actually kicked it was my buddy. I, he doesn't, I don't think he remembers this, but I, I'm, obviously I remember clear as day. He brought me a joint. He's like, hey, man, you know, good to see you. Happy to see you're alive. Here's a joint. You should smoke some of this. Like, when's the last time you got high? I was like, fucking last day I was in school for a full day. And I was like, and he gave me that joint. I took literally like two rips off of it. Got super fucking baked. Sure. And then I, I remember I walked downstairs, and that was rare for me to even leave my room. And my dad and my brother, they were sitting there watching TV, and I was like, hey, are you cooking dinner? They turn around, they're like, are you okay? What's wrong? Like, why are you down here? What's going on? Yeah. I was like, no, I'm good. Like, what are you cooking? Burgers? I was like, cool. And I sat down on the couch, and they both, they didn't talk for like 20 minutes because they were like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, I fucking love weed. <laughs> See, I'm serious, dude. I'm ser- dude, weed, I love it. Legitimately, it made me hungry, so I was like, what's for dinner? And then instead of making me more paranoid... I just didn't think about anything. Yeah, you know, it didn't numb you like heroin, but no. it dumbed you down to just be like, so what did you do today? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It took away all the shitty thoughts for a little bit so I could actually go sit on a couch with my family and watch TV and eat dinner. Fucking love weed. Granted, it took about another month and a half until I was back into society. Right. Like I would, uh, I remember the big, the first big thing I had to do was uh, get a haircut. My therapist or Dr. Harrington was like, you need to go get a haircut. The climax of any film. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The big haircut. We're going to cut the hair. He's going to look like a normal person. Put on a suit. Just a full makeover. He comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You lost like 15 pounds. A great therapist. Oh, Ugly, depressed duckling is now a beautiful swan. Actually, yeah, you just reminded me. The total count for how much weight I lost was 35 pounds. Oh, dude. Wow. I, I, I'm not surprised, dude. I lost Stress and anxiety. That young too, man? That's yeah. fucking well, so, I mean, I've always been a little bigger. Like, I've always had a chub to me. Mm. I was That was one the one time in my life as, like, a teenager or, like, you know, not a child mm. that I was skinny. But it was, like... Not healthy but skinny. I Yeah, I was, like, emaciated. Like, you could see it in my face. I looked fucked up and yeah so like and that was another thing it was like going to the grocery store with my dad it was like a huge step because that meant i had to be out of the house for an hour like total i'd think about like okay the moment i walk out of this room to the moment i walk back into this room is an hour at at, at least mm. and that would be fucking horrifying dude this is all like outstanding to hear from you knowing that you're a guy who up and left Massachusetts in 2014, and you came out to a place you've never been before, nope. only by your brother's recommendation, mm-hmm. meeting a bunch of fucking strangers. Well, That's a big deal in general, dude. Well, and now that you say this, like, wow. I think that's like, 
that's such a driving force in my life is the fact that all of this happened and I'm still here. Yeah, like man. I've said, like I said, I, w- I legit was just like, I want to fucking die. And I didn't mean like, oh, like it, it wasn't like a like, I don't know how to put it. This pep, this jalapeno was so hot. I'm going to die. No, no, <laughs> not like that. It wasn't it wasn't that life sucked in uh, a practical manner. You just want the pain to go away. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, it wasn't like I want to beat it. I was just like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be in pain anymore. So like. The fact that I'm not, or the fact that I'm here blows my mind. And, like, to this day, I still have anxiety and depression. It's definitely something I, I'm constantly dealing with, sure. whether you know it or not. And, actually, I can guarantee 90% of the time you don't know it. But that's anyone with anxiety and depression is you don't know what's happening, you know? Um Yeah, I mean, I had to take a shit ton of medication to get onto that plane to go to Montana. But I guess that's what this whole story is leading up to is the fact that you can come out of this shit. I went back to school one day. It might have taken me a week of sitting on my couch at 6.30 a.m. with a backpack on until I finally said, I'm ready to go. But you can do it. You just have to try. Sure. And like At some point, it is on you to put in the effort. And especially oh, it's completely on me. When you have, but it's good to have people who are supportive, like your family and stuff. It's, I mean, it, it's very easy to be like, Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you fucking pussy. Right. And it, to a certain extent, that is true. But yeah. Oh no. Like for you sure. can't, you can't do it all alone. Nobody can no. do it all alone. No. Long. I mean, shit. Even when you're lifting weights, you need a spotter. Not me. I'm fucking Jack. Yeah, Fuck you, you, Kyle. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. I mean, that's that's why uh, I appreciate you guys so much, and that's why I love I love living here and having a big set of friends because. We're all super supportive of each other. Oh yeah, we oh, all dude, we're, we're spoiled with the family we have yeah. out here. Oh my god. Yeah, it's hard for me to explain to like people back home. It's like, man, like I have a full Saint Mary family. Yes. Like even in Steamboat. Yeah. You know I mean, how many people do we know in this town that we met in Montana? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Steamboat's literally know, this re- refugee yeah. camp for people who got fucked over in Saint Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you should come try Steamboat. It's like a town. Yeah. <laughs> It's like St. Mary, but there's a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And even like, it's almost, uh, it's kind of strange because even people that like I just know went to St. Mary, mm-hmm. like not even when I was there, it's yeah. like we automatically are like, oh, okay, I, n- I know you. That bond already just, it like, it hits immediately. Yeah, like, oh, you're well, a St. Mary right. person? Like, oh, we're cool. Yeah, damn we're right. good. I'll stick up for you. I don't I've, even know you. Yeah, no, legit. I've done that before, though. Yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, we've been through the same shit. We're good. Right. Because well, like, one of the things about St. Mary is you're so isolated mm-hmm. and you're so like in contact with other people all the time because it's like basically like adult summer camp yeah live work and play with the same people yeah. yeah if you're a phony i mean like think of how many people up there like after like a week oh, you're dude. like oh i know who you are yeah. oh every single season there was always one or two douchebags where it's like after two weeks it's like you're not gonna last long it's like, yeah. no you're not you're not part you're of not this, one of us like yeah. yeah so like everyone who made it a whole season and you can still vouch for our is like legit yeah there's just something about it. I don't know. I've yeah. always thought of St. Mary as this island of misfit toys, and it's a <laughs> bunch of random people of strange backgrounds, and they're all kind of rebels in their family's eyes, yeah. and yeah. these black sheep, and we all happen to meet out there. So it, in a way, I'm not one who believes in destiny, but it, it was kind of waiting for you, Jared. Yeah, I can't no, think I, of another group of people that you would have like, it was loved the perfect, to be around. It was the perfect place sure. to go. My, and yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I... um. 
there's a lot of things in my life, especially pre-St. Mary, that I'm like, man, I wish I would have done this or that differently. And I was kind of in a weird place before I went to St. Mary, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, as much as I want to say that I should have done this or I should have done that or, like, maybe I shouldn't have gone to college because, you know, I'd fucking... The fact that I ended up in St. Mary makes all of it worth it. Yep. Yes. Like, I can't imagine my life had I never been to St. Mary. Well, oh, my God. That's a, that's one thing that both of you have said to me and plenty of other people have said. Like, the fact that I went out there when I was 18. Like, I, I took a year off. <laughs> took a year off. I didn't do anything for about eight months between when I graduated and when I went to St. Mary. Mm-hmm. Actually, more like 11 months. It was almost a year. But um, if I had... It's good that I went when I was 18 instead of, like, 24. Yeah. Like, I, I'm i afraid to know what my life would have been like if I had stayed in Sandwich fucking Massachusetts. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, at the time, and Jesus Christ, my family listens to this. They might not be happy. At the time, like, I was doing a lot of fucked up shit. I was, like, eating pills and fucking drinking and Burning just smoking. Houses, and not not that I was 13. Breaking into Air Force bases. Just, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. But I was, I was just, I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting in my dad's house, wasting away and just getting fucked up. Yeah. Same here. And finally, my brother, he had, he had went to St. Mary the year before. And he was like, and I got, I got thrown back into depression and anxiety. That's what was happening. I was just finding a way to, to uh, stifle it, you know what I mean? Getting into a shitty routine. Yeah, Yeah. and the funny thing is I I took antidepressants from the age of 15 to 19, and I remember I turned, yeah, turned 19 in Glacier like two weeks into being there, Mm -hmm. and a week after that I forgot to take my pills. Now, normally if I forgot to take my medication, that means the next day is bad. I'm going to have a horrible day. I'm... Like, it's all going to come crashing down if I don't have my medication. I missed it. I forgot it for two days. And I literally, like, I was like, I started freaking out a little bit, and I was like, wait. Wait, I'm good. But I was fine for two days. Yeah. Let's just see how far this can go. I like. I Let's p- see what these mountains can do. Yeah, no. I th- <laughs> yeah, I threw you're my, damn right. I threw my, uh, my pills into my suitcase, which I never opened. And I was like. I'll go in there if I need them. Sure. Kept them with me for three years and never took one. Then finally, I remember the day. I, I remember the day I threw them out. I was like, I don't need these anymore, and I threw them in the trash. And I, that was like so fucking liberating. Fuck yeah, dude. Dude. And then that. On top of that, now instead of being that teenager that was stuck in just panic attack hell, I still get them from time to time, but not nearly like they were. Right. I like I have it so controlled that if I feel if I, I get like a feeling in my chest, I know when I know what to do, how to do it and how long it's going to take. And I'm good. Like at most five minutes. And that's not even a full panic attack. I just know how to do it. Mm. Well, and, like Kyle was talking about before, like, you know, it's up to you to do it in the end. But at the same time, it doesn't help to have family around, dude. Yeah. I can't think of a better group of people to be around to boost your optimism about life. Exactly. I I am such a happier person because of all the people we've known in St. Mary. It it definitely gives you a good sense of perspective. Where if you were a product of your environment in Sandwich, Massachusetts, I've never even been there, and I know the kind of person you could have became. Because it's the same person I would have became if I if I stayed in my town. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, I know exactly what would I would have been a fucking pillhead who sat at the bar and just wasted away. Yep. Dishwashing somewhere. Yeah. Dishing fucking life pass you by, man. Legit. And I'm so fucking happy that my brother was like. Like you need, he forced me. He's like, you need to do this, yeah, because that's what brought me out of 
All of it. You thank him for the rest of your fucking life, dude. That oh, yeah, was the dude. best thing you've ever done. I and I I've, I tell him that from time to time. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Shout out to Jesse. Yeah, my fucking awesome brother. Seriously, is the best. Um, and my parents and you guys. I mean, I, I it's a team effort for sure. Okay, man. Whether people know or they don't, like, it's the small things that really make shit work for me do you remember when we were all bombed and we were sitting outside of the mc and it was like two in the morning and we like had this heart to heart and i started like crying yeah and i was like i love you man i do i do <laughs> oh jesus, jesus christ that's all that happens to me oh, when i get man. drunk with you guys like i'm not i've my whole life have never been the guy who's like reed's had too much whiskey he's trying to fight people have i ever yeah, been that guy no. kyle no fuck no yeah i'm the opposite it's just like i love you it's like i love you too it's like no no, but I like love you. Yeah, <laughs> you understand, man. we're so fucking pathetic when we get well, drunk. Speaking of getting that, that should be a, a story for another time. Is the first fight that we ever got in, not with each other, but uh, at that fucking rumble on the street. You <gasps> that in oh, we're gonna have to save another episode for that. Oh, when sweet. Kyle and so I, down. oh, Kyle and I laid it down thick in Dude, college. Shit and, was wild. Yeah, I'm down for a tag team story. Too. We went Dude, from being yeah. like friends to like Kyle's well, my life partner yeah, that yeah. night. <laughs> We'll definitely get into that. Um, but, but so, what's the moral of the story, boys? Yeah. Um, God, there's a lot of them actually I can think of. But I mean, I think a big one is uh, if you are the moral of the story, and this is that almost everyone who went to St. Mary has a story. Like, uh, oh yeah, Campbell comes to mind because Campbell was in a really he was in a really place bad place before he went for to sure. St. Mary. Is that sometimes like if things aren't going right, you just gotta switch it up. Completely man. flip the script. Just do something, whatever you're doing, do something different. Move yeah. somewhere else you've never been. Go on a trip, do something, and just just shake up your routine. Yeah, exactly. Goes such a long way. To For give sure. you an idea to those who are listening, like you think like you feel reset after that one holiday you have a year where you save up your vacation time and you go away for two weeks to go do something. You come back, you're like, oh, that was so great. I'm so refreshed. Imagine our fucking lifestyles where we have to move every nine months. Yeah. I mean, uh, used I to. I mean, all new yeah. people. Yeah, like, and you do it, when you do that for years on end, I mean, oh my God. God, is it rewarding? Yeah, it's so it amazing. Fucking is, mm-hmm. and like, uh, yeah, I. Saint Mary is a huge part of why, it's it's funny because Saint Mary is so bittersweet for me because it helped me get out of some shit, also got me into some shit. Well, that'll but, happen. But I wouldn't change it. Fuck no. Like I would not change one bit. Maybe well, maybe drink a little less, but <laughs> I wouldn't change it. I think like for me, the big moral out of this, out of this for me, and Jesse's a big moral. Well, he's definitely a big moral. He's the biggest <laughs> Don, Don's a big moral, too. Yeah. Not as big as he used to be, but no. still a big moral. Staple um, moral. I would say, and I, it's super simple, but just stay optimistic. Like, if you lose sure. any, if you lose any optimism, you will fucking just dissolve. Consistency. And, yeah. yeah. And if you see somebody that you think is going through that shit, do your best to try to bring them into optimism. Yeah. Don't, yeah. And, like, I, I am kind of preaching towards this, like, Pay attention to your friends. Sure. See if there's something wrong. I know I'm not fucking great at it, but like sometimes when you think everything's okay, it's horribly bad. Yeah. It just it's the worst it could be. And it's hard to realize. Um definitely be in touch with what could happen. The medical community of this country does not take mental illness as serious as it should. No. I think it's getting better, though. It's getting definitely getting better in the past, like, 20 years. But before this, it was basically, like, you're either crazy or you're not crazy. Yeah. And um, I think, going back to what we were talking about, it's not so much, like, I don't know what to do. It's long as you're just there. 
Yeah. Let them tell you how you feel. You don't have to understand it. Well, you know, like as long as yeah. you're just there and they know somebody is listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like I got friends back home that I talk to every once in a while and they're in some crazy shit. I won't really go into that. But like it comes down to the fact I'm just like, well, I'm just going to be there. Even if it sounds kind of bullshit or if I know something is wrong and you're not telling, like, I'm at least just going to be there. So I'm, you need someone. Sure. You know, you need someone. And we it, all need somebody to, to lean on. To be on. Oh. <laughs> well, we all went different ways. <laughs> R. Kelly motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I'd say uh, kind of a fin- final moral is uh, appreciate the fuck out of your friends, too. Sure, man. Seriously, like that. I I really appreciate get appreciate you guys listening to the story, being on the podcast, and just being you do, brother. Love you, man. Friends. The moral of the yeah. story is to all you listeners out there: we're better than you because we're <laughs> in St. Mary with much cooler people. Our friendship <laughs> is perfect, and you suck, and, <laughs> and we know it. It's okay. You, yes. Everybody should be jealous of Jared's two best friends at a table. <laughs> Shot in. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You don't even have a podcast. I don't know. Someone probably does. Yeah. Actually, no. You have a you, podcast. You have a Everybody, podcast. yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm the only. I'm the only one who doesn't have a podcast. Oh, out of the three of us. loser! <laughs> we, we could come up with one. Yeah, oh, all one? I need is a cool title. Uh, movie. The read of the story. Oh wait. Oh, oh well, that's already taken. <laughs> fuck. Oh no, dude. You. Could, oh. You could have like a movie uh, review, and it could be reading into it. <gasps> like reading rainbow. Reading <laughs> <laughs> if only you were gay, reading Rainbow would be perfect. Bummer. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Damn it. There's still time. We'll get there. Li- number 17 on Kyle's list of why is it read gay with me? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying for years. Reed. <laughs> Subtle oh, hints man. all the time. Well, um, I think we can wrap this up, guys. I, like I said, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you not being afraid of uh, do- telling your own story on your own podcast. Yeah, fuck yeah, I man. mean, we all have stories. I figured might as well know a little bit about the host, too, right? Yes. Sure. But, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, everyone, check out the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. Holler. Um, you can check out SteamboatComedy.com. Uh, check out Instagram, all that stuff. You can check my Instagram, which I probably need to change it because it's really confusing. It's the Great White Buffalo, all underscores in between words, and Buffalo spelled with a W. Please give me a follow. You can also, if you just type in someone's name, and yours with a double R, double L. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, my that literally is my last name spelled up there, so check it out. Um, Otherwise, yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll have some more episodes soon. Peace. Peace, peace. Hell yeah, dude.